Welcome to Media Path. I am Louise Planker. I'm Fritz Coleman. Did you know that you are currently enjoying show number 114? Fritz and I have scoured through movies, books, and television to locate for you the finest cuts of programming sustenance. And we've had the honor of talking with such icons as Henry Winkler, Pat Boone, Adam Schiff, Keith Morrison, and what's the math on this, 109 or 110 other fabulous people. So dive into our captivating catalog, subscribe, tell a friend, explore, and remember to hydrate. But before you do any of the above... Keep listening to this particular episode because today on the show, we've got famous podcasting pioneers, Tom and Dan, Tom Van and Dan Dennis. Their show is called A Mediocre Time with Tom and Dan, and I don't (laughs) want to question their judgment, but I actually had a fine time listening to them, and Fritz and I had a blast being guests on their show. Very interesting. And now here they are returning that favor. But first, Fritz and I have some recommending to do. So, Fritz, what have you got? All right, I'm going to talk about a movie that's only out in theaters right now. It's Tar, starring Kate Blanchett. She plays Lydia Tar. Now, in the international world of classical music, she's considered one of the greatest living composer-conductors and the first ever female music director. What's fascinating about this film is it's all fiction. You are convinced that this woman really exists because she's connected to famous places, people, and events. Like she was the understudy for Leonard Bernstein and the New York Philharmonic, the Berlin Symphony, all fabrication. Lydia Tarr in this movie is about to hit the peak of her career by conducting a recording of Mahler's Fifth Symphony when all of her dicey behavior in the past and present starts to haunt her all at once. Part of it has to do with the fact that she's a lesbian and she's married. This isn't a review, it's just a warning. The farther you get into the movie, the more confusing it becomes. I'm telling you right up front. The plot points never get resolved. Questions go unanswered. However, I don't know that much about classical music, so what was interesting to me was learning the the behind-the-scenes mechanics and the intrigues of that world. Kate Blanchett, probably going to get a nomination or two. It is an acting tour de force. She speaks French and German and English in the film, fluidly morphing from one language to the other, all in the dialogue. It's written by Todd Field, who hasn't done a movie in 16 years. He did Little Children and In the Bedroom, two dark but really interesting movies. I basically comment about this from the same as I did in Amsterdam. It holds true for both movies. You may not understand everything, but it's a master class in acting. Well, I'm in it for all those languages because I get to read some subtitles and then it makes you feel like you're doing some reading. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Well, I have watched on Hulu a documentary called God Forbid, colon, The Sex Scandal That Brought Down a Dynasty. And you have seen this as well, Fritz? Mm-hmm. Okay. So how do I describe this one? Imagine you are a 20-year-old pool boy at the Fountain Blue Hotel in Miami and an attractive older woman invites you up to her room for sex, which I suppose is sort of par for the pool boy course. Now imagine you start getting into it and she says, oh, hey, do you mind if my husband watches? Well, yeah, you do, but you don't mind more than you want the sex. You are, after all, a 20-year-old pool boy. The training brochure literally says this job comes with sex. Now, imagine the attractive lady enjoys herself immensely, as does her husband, who spends the encounter with his pants down, enjoying himself immensely. They book a series of follow-up visits before you come to understand that the attractive lady is growing increasingly attached and falling in love with you. And if you didn't initially catch her name, it's Becky Falwell, and the guy with his pants down in the corner is Jerry Falwell Jr., 
Giancarlo Granda is pulled deeper and deeper into the Falwell well. They keep him close by lavishing him with travel and luxury. They invest in his real estate dreams, introduce him to important figures and captains of industry. And as he begins to grow up, pull away and get his own girlfriend, they reveal to him that Jerry and Becky have been filming their sexual encounters. They threaten him and put the squeeze on him financially. The pressure ratchets up considerably when Team Trump uses knowledge of the thruple to coerce an endorsement out of Falwell and his evangelical power pulpit inherited from Jerry Falwell Sr. and centered around the evangelical stronghold of Liberty University. Giancarlo found himself within the crosshairs of not just Jerry Falwell Jr., but also now the president of the United States. His exit strategy was telling the truth, which you will see in this documentary and in his book, Off the Deep End, colon, Jerry and Becky Falwell and the Collapse of an Evangelical Dynasty. So for me, the scandal is not in the sexual details because whatever between consenting adults, it's in the manipulation of this young man and the hypocrisy of a couple who forbade any sexual activity outside of marriage at their university while engaging in plenty of it in endorsing a presidential candidate who did the same and also bragged about abusing women. Your views on this scandal may vary, but I found it to be an important lesson in power dynamics for you young folks at home or in some bigwigs hotel room. Sex with anyone who can hold sway over you, your free will or your future is a bad idea. Be careful in there. <laughs> Good point. I love this because, you know, I'm a big fan of hypocrisy exposed. And uh, and there's another one just like it. You know, the Hillsong Church, which is this big, phenomenal church that was started in Australia by a father, and very similar to Liberty, was passed off to his son. Okay. And now his son runs the whole thing. And then this particular thing is about the this sort of this rock star-like minister that was the pastor at the New York chapter of this church and how he got into some sexual malfeasance. And it's just hypocrisy and it's fun, it makes you smile. I mean, it doesn't matter what religion you're in, it's the same in all religions, but it's funny. Right. We, we do all have to be careful. So God Forbid is on Hulu. And I'd like to introduce our guests, if I Let's may. get these sure. boys on here. These are ca- charismatic leaders in their own right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> A Mediocre Time with Tom and Dan is an award-winning podcast and radio show that you can watch live on Twitch. Tom Van and Dan Dennis have been blazing a glorious trail in audio entertainment, pulling radio, kicking and screaming into the podcast age. Their fans are legioned and loyal. Their exploits are legend and can be located at TomAndDan.com. To help folks regulate to your tone, Tom and Dan, I will read a selected excerpt from your website entitled How to Listen, colon. <laughs> it's more than easy to join Tom and Dan and listen to the show live every Friday at 12 p.m. on Twitch. First, check to make sure that it is Friday. This can easily be done by using a calendar or by calling a close friend. <laughs> so you call your listeners scumbags endearingly. You encourage friends to drink and listen. And it feels like you guys are bringing the tone and tenor of broadcast old school morning show radio to the land of audio on demand. You're on Twitch you have an app, folks can chat with one another. What all else is going on as you stream live? Oh man. Well hey, first of yeah, all what an intro. I mean, <laughs> my God. We have never we have never had two people that we actually uh, first of all, I have to say that we truly admire the way that you guys deliver 
your show and how professional and how like yeah, yeah. it's just I'm I, just watching you in awe. I forgot we were guests. I, I was really just listening. <laughs> to your- Good. I was I'll, like, I was like, damn, I'm gonna subscribe to this when I'm done. <laughs> it's Thank really you. good. But I'll but, tell uh, you, uh, you, you have a there's a great documentary about you guys on YouTube, and you guys are huge. I mean, you have your own day in Orlando, Florida. We're not playing around with a couple of dozen listeners. You have thousands of listeners and you do these events like we'll talk about at the Hard Rock where thousands of people show up and it's an event and you have... Uh, and the thing that Weezy and I both found is interesting because we're both, uh, and I, I promise I'll get a question out. Just give me a second. Go out for a sandwich. You can pontificate. Right Go. Uh, but I, 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 we were both fascinated by the fact that you guys started in terrestrial radio and made a very successful transition over into podcast. And we should all be as successful as you have been in conquering this new form. It's really Amazing. All that to say, you guys started in terrestrial radio. Talk about your start. Well, it's funny because I was actually Daniel's intern in radio when uh, back in 2003. Yeah, this is back in, you know, like in the late 90s and early 2000s, you abused your intern and you gave him some (laughs) some sort of wacky name, some name to belittle him and to make him feel like the dirt that he is. (laughs) Hey, you didn't make the rules. You're just playing by them. I get it. And even though this person's parents are probably spending an upwards of twenty to $25,000 to send them to a, uh, a university. We take these university <laughs> students and we put them in as yeah, yeah. an intern at a radio station. Then we belittle them and make them get, yeah. I don't know, a ham bagel or hot sauce. <laughs> or wait, wait, wait. What, 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 mousetrap. What, yeah. was his, what was his humiliating nickname, please? It, uh, Drunky the Bear. Huh? Yeah, but, <laughs> but let's not kid ourselves with the name Drunky the Bear. This guy was more than an intern. Yeah. Came, That's a wa- character. We're going to talk a, about him. He was, oh, a stunt, he was a stuntman. Oh, my God. And that's the thing about Tom is that um, it's amazing you can sit up and re- <laughs> respond to a conversation after the stuff you put yourself in. I mean, he can oh, give yeah. you the rundown of injuries well, he has. I'll but. forget my grandkids' names, but uh, <laughs> right now I'm good. <laughs> yeah, but I, I was uh, I was a producer for a, a big time morning show, The Monsters in the Morning, on WTKS Real Radio one hundred four point one in Orlando. And then Tom always wanted to be in radio. And there was really not much of a difference other than I'd been in the business longer and I'm older and smaller. And we had an advantage in the fact that uh, and this will lead to our podcast success, but uh, it was the only talk radio show in town. So there was a huge listener base. And uh, me and Daniel worked together for 10 years. And back in the middle of us working together in 09, uh, Daniel, you know, he was the producer of the show, the executive producer. And he, uh, an audio engineer, brilliant at editing audio, everything. You know, he's that side of the business of our business. And he had a studio in his house. And one day in 2009, and it was kind of like when podcasting was very at the infancy, like Corolla, Marin, yeah, Marin, uh, Rogan, a, Rogan mm-hmm. just right. Marin was like two years in. Um, let's see. Yeah, um, but, the and, big ones were um, uh, Jimmy Pardo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he was a big one. I'm trying to think of the guys that did it a little bit earlier than Marin, but I had a studio that I would do uh, parody songs in. Yeah, yeah. And like little, you know, and my own music because I was a musician. So I would like, you know, and, and by studio, I mean I had an interface and I had a computer, you know. And yeah. then uh, years of playing uh, drums because I'm a percussionist, I had microphones and cords and cables and guitars and amps. 
So we just put it all together on a Tuesday and we recorded on a Thursday. Yeah, and then we decided like, hey, let's just record a podcast and see where it goes just for fun after we're done with our shifts on Friday. Like, uh, let's let's try to do this. And we we literally, we were like, we didn't even know, have any structure. We're just like, let's turn it on. We did two breaks. It's funny because we- Standard radio dum-dums. This, we literally now, it's been, I mean, what? Uh, 13 years. 13 plus years and we have the same format with our podcast where it's basically three segments, two breaks. Two and, and four new songs from people <laughs> that were allowed to play their music. And uh, <laughs> and we, we started that in 09 just as a hobby. And it's funny because, as you guys know, in radio and like uh, mainstream media, you know, they throw out these numbers and that are gigantic. And, and, and there were these huge numbers that were always thrown out, like you have this many listeners. And, and then as social media uh, and like they, they, the company and iHeart, it used to be Clear Channel, started getting more into um, websites and uh, like promoting like the web. And we went through all that at the time. Like, you know, when we started in 03 and stuff, there was the, they barely had websites for the radio shows. And like it, it was that, you know, we were still using mini discs and things like that. Yeah. Like Daniel, you know, we just started, he just stopped cutting tape. Yeah. And, uh, I still know <laughs> how to cut tape. You Same. guys know how to tape. cut tape? Oh, yeah. yeah. I still have some tape around my neck. I, yeah. <laughs> I can't remember where it goes. You know, um, um, you guys uh, benefited from having developed your chemistry in terrestrial radio before you came over to the podcast, so you hit the ground running. But my contention has always been you can't really manufacture chemistry. You guys have great chemistry. It's just this organic thing that has to occur where it's, you know, you can read one another's thoughts, you bounce back and forth, you finish each other's sentences. You can't fake that. I mean, I worked with people on TV and they tried to fake chemistry between anchor people and all that. And it just never worked. But you have that worked out. But I also find interesting your personalities and what drove you to the industry. For instance, Dan, you were short. You still are short, to my knowledge, and, and since last we spoke. But shorter. <laughs> wow. But but you were bullied. You were bullied as a kid, and you, like I did, I, I didn't have the benefit of being short. I was tall and got the shit slapped out of me when I was in high school. You got beat up, and in order to protect yourself in circumstances, you used your wits. I so identify with that. Yeah, you talk your way out of stuff. You were painfully shy and sort of an antisocial kid, and so this is you conquering one of your great fears, being a personality and being in front of people and all that. So it's really an interesting dynamic between both of you. Uh, we, we appreciate that. Yeah, and, thank and you. Also, you're, you're right in the fact that working, you know, in uh, terrestrial radio, they do these, it's it's absurd. It's like, and, and when we used to do the morning shows, it, it was five hours. Like, you know, it was from five hours. It was from mm. six to 11. Yeah. And so five hours, five days a week. So when you have that many hours and you fill that much time, and you guys are familiar with like these huge, gigantic chunks of like morning drive and it's stuff like that. So much. And yeah. so yeah. when you do that Monday through Friday, uh, for, you know, we worked together for 10 years. I think we did uh, six before we started the podcast. True. And then now, we're doing uh you know five hours uh five days a week and a two-hour podcast at the end of the week yeah. that many reps will make you better like uh, oh, and that's interesting. like 
I, I guess that's the one thing I tell everybody. I'm like, even if like, even if no one's listening, if you want to start a podcast or start anything, just do, like do it and do the reps because yeah, keep going practice, to the motions. Uh, that will help note. tremendously. Mm-hmm. Well, I wanted to talk a little bit uh, for our listeners who are not maybe as familiar with old school radio from the inside out because a lot of people listen to the radio but didn't work in it the way we all did. So um, for folks who listen to the radio but did not work in radio, back in the day when everyone in town picked from a few local stations and listened live, a morning show team would wake up in the middle of the night, put on a four-hour show trying desperately to be fun, funny, engaging, and entertaining. While doing that live, they may get a call from their boss yelling at them because he's been yelled at by his boss or whatever corporate or ego influence was involved And then the morning guys would have to carry on being funny within that tense and limiting culture. Is that what compelled you to first dip your toe in the podcast waters, that that hope of freedom? Well, I mean, like for us, I mean, are you going to talk about the the events? Well, yeah, I, I, you know, we never had any aspirations of turning the podcast no. into a business. When we started, it, it was not like, hey, we start this, it'll turn into something, and then we can yeah. do this for a living. The business that, is just what came, and unfortunately, now we're trying to figure it out. I mean, yeah. we have this thing, and we're trying to figure it out. But we didn't even think that was possible, no. because at the time, like, we were getting a couple thousand downloads a week, but, you know, in perspective-wise, we were being told that, like, oh, your radio show you're on, has hundreds and hundreds of thousands of listeners. Hundreds of, and, if not millions of listeners. Yeah, yeah. and so that's the numbers that kept being thrown out. And then we're like, oh, we're only getting two to 5,000 downloads a week. That's nothing. Yeah. And, and and now in today's terms, it, like it's uh, uh, huge. But so back then we were like, oh, this is not. But what changed is we had one after a year of doing the podcast. And then, like I said, it was just for fun. We decided like, hey, let's do a meetup. Yeah, let's, let's just l- see some of these guys that listen to the show you Let, know let's go to a local bar and then invite our listeners to come and ha- have a beer with us and when we did our first meetup we had like 150 people show up and we it, drank the entire bar out of beer <laughs> to the point where they closed the doors and said hey can you do this next week and we're like not here <laughs> but that's a great way to learn what your demographic is you know get a get eyes on your audience and see see that's that's probably a great idea it, and it also taught it's accountability, us because right? that same week we did a radio promotion at a local wing bar yeah. and a me, big chain to a big chain and me and Daniel were there and crickets five people showed up nobody like, there. you know it was the promo no. the promo tent they hand out the the free garbage we even <laughs> had the cute girls with the calendars yeah, yeah. we had the whole nine yards and, and nobody came and then we were like wait a minute we, we did this pr- promo that they've been promoting five people showed up and then we do our podcast same people same town and 150 people showed up and then that told us like whoa like our listeners for the podcast are way more engaged and way more uh interested in our success and want to support us they knew we were on our own and then we thought we're like man there's there's something here like they're 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 busier you know they're into it and and that's really interesting 
And, and that told us that the the type of listener matters and then not necessarily the number that you, you, you throw out there. And we started to realize, like, wait a minute, there are not hundreds of thousands of listeners because we started looking at our own social media. We're like, and like and talking about stunts, like I jumped Gravedigger at the Monster Jam here. And <laughs> he so, did many times. So actually. I jump over Gravedigger on a scooter, which is like ridiculous. And there, we put the video on YouTube and it's got 5,000 views. Views. That's and, a decent amount, but not for people that have millions yeah, yeah. of listeners. And I'm like, I don't think we have. I don't think this radio station has hundreds of thousands of listeners. If only five, like what, five percent are not going on YouTube to look at me do this. Cra- yeah, I'm that's like, the sales I department lying. Yeah, well, well exactly. Yeah, yeah. and we and we learned that, you know. But I mean, like, you know, in, in radio, we it, it kind of pulled the curtain back a little bit, and we realized that all of the web impressions, all of the, de- uh, you know, the 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 uh, arbitrage ratings and yeah, stuff, like, all of it is just it's inflated. It's equations. Smoke it's and mirrors. Real. Yeah, it's not it, real. Yeah, but you guys have monetized your show because you do your own salesmanship, right? You've learned that rather than having national. Uh, sponsors, the, your your greatest penetration would be local uh, retail people, and you sure. you sell your own spots. And I can't imagine how hard that is to operate your show and then have to go out and sell spots and glad hand. We're finding sponsors. that out. It's hard, man. Yeah, and luckily, after years, like we started just doing it only me and Daniel. We were the only two people that built this business. Now we have help after years of building it, but not but, as many as we probably should have. But you, you know. You, you mentioned the sales part. Uh, the greatest thing that uh, like mainstream media could have ever done for me, like Clear Channel, iHeart, whatever, was underpay me while I worked for radio because <laughs> I started learning uh, like the only way they were, I was going to make money was through live reads and uh, like promos. Right? You get, uh, you know, in radio business, you get a uh, three hundred dollars for a two-hour promo for standing at a gas station or like being at a car lot yeah. or whatever. It's like one fifty an hour. <laughs> at least it used to be. It's probably higher. Or, wow. or you get $20 a live read. Like, this is some behind-the-scenes radio stuff. So I realized, like, well, if I can go out with the sales or radio salespeople and then sell myself and get to know the sales business, maybe I could just make the money because, you know, I was making tw- – you know, twenty-five grand a year base salary, but I was able to make another twenty-five grand in uh, promos and live, live endorsements. So I was just, just hustling. I would just go to with every salesperson to every sales meeting, and I learned the sales part of it. So then, when we when we were forced, and that that's another interesting story because uh, the podcast and we were doing the podcast and the radio show simultaneously for three four years, and uh, and it finally got to the point where. Uh, some of the personalities we work with, or whatever, weren't happy with the fact that we were yeah. doing this, and it was getting more popular. There, were, we were selling T-shirts and stuff. So, they, we were blowing merch out of my garage, <laughs> we're selling hats and T-shirts, and st- we had stickers everywhere and yeah. magnets. And that's when we were kind of like really getting excited about the promotion part of it. We were like, "Hey, this building." Uh, that's when uh, you know Clear Channel was like. Basically, someone from our show that we were on tried to sabotage us and like say that uh, us cursing was going to cause the whole station a problem, and and that was a big yeah, thing because so- they they were trying to kind of uh, kind of weave together the illusion that our clients, current clients of the radio station, were so dumb, which is very <laughs> insulting to your clients, to say that you're so stupid that you think that uh, audio from our podcast is us cursing on the radio or potential clients or new clients. Yeah, that 
they were going to hear us cursing because yeah. you know how the business is like other uh you know your opposition and other radio stations will find audio and send it to fcc to try to get you oh, fined or like a political campaign yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah but but what i loved about in learning about your sales technique there was that you swear a lot in your commercials but the thing is, that's what makes them memorable. And many times, and you, somebody was describing it in the documentary that uh, sometimes you'll do a spot and you were a little blue in this commercial, and it turned out that it had more impressions, and the uh, the listeners liked it even more, and so the the sponsor comes back and said, "Please swear more in our commercial," <laughs> you, yeah, you, well, that, yeah, because it, our, it makes an impression. Yeah, that's actually our realtor. He he is still still yeah. a client, still with us, and he just preferred us to be us instead of being the corporate version of us. Is to yeah. Is, he just basically told us, and yeah. then we realized like, hey, uh, just talk to your audience, do make the commercials funny, screw up, whatever, do yeah, unconventional, be just be authentic, and um, and then that will resonate more, and people will remember it more, and it turned out to be the case. And it's funny because we started doing this so much that sometimes we go opposite and do straight ones because it's like uh too predictable yeah. we gotta give them something different so sometimes we're like all business <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> But, but, but explain, you know. talk about this a little bit, because I, I just think it's an interesting dynamic that you have these kind of like bloated, if you will, ships of industry who like the music industry and the radio industry that didn't really want to begin steering, a, like make a course correction, like, you know, 15 years ago when it was clear. But, it but it, you know, they were holding on to their jobs until retirement or what have you. But, but to see that streaming was the future. How many guys like you have jumped off and started your own thing? Because I don't think it's that common. It, it, it's so like a lot of people, we were lucky timing wise. Yeah, and we really were. And it's kind of, it, we were kind of lucky that they forced us out at the time they did because um, it's like, not like they're, it's not like podcasts are getting more popular now. I mean, they are, but there's too many of there's them. So right? many. So at the time when we were basically forced out and forced to make this a business, uh, you know, we're talking about uh, 10 years ago, 2012, when Daniel left. Another thing that is a dirty little secret in radio is they stagger your contracts so that you have no power. You can't leave together. Yeah, you can't leave together. So, if, if my so interesting. <laughs> integrate. If my contract's up in 2012 and Tom's yeah. contract contracts up in 2013 then we can't leave at the same time because he won't be able to eat for a year yeah we, so we <laughs> had to like that's what we had to do so in an effort to to uh to like we also didn't want to burn any bridges because it was like you know no we, we didn't know anybody who started a podcast business and like we knew that like Corolla and Marin and uh, yeah, Rogan, but we're not them. yeah, but they're you know uh, a thousand times bigger than us. So we were like a little hesitant, but we knew we had to give it a try. You know, uh, also we were just about to have kids at the time, and yeah. so it was a rough. It was a yeah, rough. Go. I had just bought a house. I mean, and, <laughs> yeah. but but I was like, if I can speak for me. At the at the end of my deal, I was so dissatisfied with radio. I didn't like the way it was going. I didn't like the way I was treated. And then I was looking at my new deal, and of course they wanted to you know to to kind of ink me for three more years. And I'm like, man, salary. I don't think 
I don't think I can do this. Yeah, yeah for the and same your wife salary. said so in the documentary. She's like, yeah, I'm. he's not permitted to do this because I have to live with him and it's not healthy. And yeah. I want to I, I talk about that, if you don't yeah, mind. Please. Tom's wife in the documentary, and I thought the part where you sort of uh, exposed the audience to your family dynamic was really touching and very cool because it's so antithetical to the way you guys on the air. Uh, the way you guys are in the air. But I think it was Tom's wife that said having children really changed him and made him grow up a little bit. So tell me w- what she was talking about and if you agree with what she said, Tom. Well, I, it has. And obviously, I think it does to everybody. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, some people, it's not, doesn't. <laughs> you go out to buy a pack of cigarettes, you never come back. But uh, <laughs> the, the, uh, I, I think it was just, you know, um, you know, when I started in the entertainment business, I like I was doing the stunts and it was like, you know, uh, the, like the party and, and it, I always thought I was like, well, this isn't going to last that long. Right. Like, uh, but as you get older and then uh, when uh, my wife got pregnant, it really did hit home like, man, well, I can't just be willy nilly like, you know, every year could be different. Like, well, I'll just go with the flow. Yeah. And then it was like, I have to build something yeah, to plan something. And also it scared me, too, because radio we, and me and Daniel have always talked about this. Like, you don't even know when your last day of work is no. like mm-hmm. there's. Like every day you do a show, you could walk out of that studio and they are waiting for you to fire you because right. we're they going don't... Spanish sports starting tomorrow. <laughs> Thanks sure. for your and service. Zero equity. <laughs> you know, you have built characters and ideas and a persona, and you have people that 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 count on you every morning, right? And they love you. But if the station isn't succeeding, that none of that matters. And mm-hmm. you have a non-compete, so you can't even get a job in right. the same uh, you know area that people know you. You can't so... even say goodbye. At least for me, uh, you know. They didn't bank on social media being as popular and you know social media has a big a, a big part of why people found me because i left and they did everything they could you to know never they, speak they told yeah. i was still on the show uh i had to work there for another year but they're like don't talk about daniel yeah, he never this, worked here he didn't exist <laughs> this is what radio does like when someone when they fire someone or they they uh, they won't sign their contract force them out or whatever like in daniel's case then they think that all right if we don't talk about them then the listeners will forget and then they won't know but daniel mm-hmm. just went on social media and it's like hey i'm doing a podcast now come and, over here and then every Everybody's See, like, all right. You know, and you know like, we, we they, had that same circumstance just play out here in Los Angeles where we had a, a, a female TV anchor that worked on one of our stations and she was very popular and she got fired and they told her co-anchor who happened to be a very close friend of hers, don't mention anything about it. He violated it and went on the air and said, you people didn't even allow her the opportunity to say goodbye to our listeners. It was awful. You know, you, you can't do that. So they fired him. That, that following Monday, they fired the guy. So she lost her job. He lost his job because he went on the air and he, and he completely uh, uh, went against what the corporate policy was and, and said you should let her say goodbye. And now then neither of How's them. How's their gets, podcast? They should start yeah. a podcast. <laughs> but it's, it's disrespectful to listeners to, no, it really to is. just sort of you know assume that they're so mindless that they would just, oh, new reality. I will adjust accordingly. Like mm-hmm. they're humans. It, it just... I think that's really sad that you would think that people would just forget a person. Yeah. When you love a show, you know, you're still kind of mourning the cancellation of the Munsters or whatever, you know, like 40 years later. Why did they take that show off? I love that. I mean, you love it forever if you love it. 
Yeah, it was it was a weird time, and I never I never got to say goodbye. They did something where you kind of got to say like a weird. Well, I had to lie because yeah, I was lie. I was terrified because when I waited out my whole year, and then I knew I was like, well, we're gonna make a run at this podcast business. Yeah. But I don't want Clear Channel finding out that because I, we were terrified that they were. They it, said they alluded the, that they would sue us. Well, the non. So is that part of the non compete clause? Is a podcast included in that? It's muddy, and we talked to lawyers, yeah. and they were like, "This is never. There's no precedent to this." It wasn't and, written that and way. They're like, it, "Technically, they say like, yeah, you, you, but the internet, like, where is the server? Like, we started looking at the things, like, well, technically, our servers are out of Orlando or Atlanta. Atlanta. I moved our server to Atlanta, so, <laughs> so we weren't broadcasting in Orlando. Wow, <laughs> it's all but, new law, right? And it's like also, you know. Well, what about ownership of bits or concepts or whatever intellectual property yeah. and that kind of thing? Yeah, they tried to and, lock every, all of my bits, all my dumb characters. So, so we, we, it's interesting because still to this day, I don't know of a case where some per, like uh, like a, a popular radio show or a radio personality left to do a podcast and they tried to come after them for a non-compete because it legally, I think it's super tough because it's all written for terrestrial radio. Right. And then when you start talking about the internet, it's like, okay, well, where is yeah. it being broadcast to and from? It's the whole world it's instantly accessed by the entire world as soon as you put it on the internet. So is that non-compete? How can, like, you could be broadcasting from Russia Anywhere. and technically you could hear us in Orlando. So it's like, is that non-compete? Actually, there? we are broadcasting from Russia right now. <laughs> and it turns out that you were competing with them and you compete and beat them. So the third act of this movie is you beat them at their own game, which is kind of cool. And then they welcome you back, you know, on yeah, your right. own terms, right? With your, well, the corporate yeah, well, yeah. A couple we're still, people. A couple yeah. people welcomed us back. Okay. Okay. We do broadcast our clean uh, podcast, uh, Corporate Time with Tom and Dan. That's broadcast on the radio, uh, although it has more actual podcast listeners, and True. most of our listeners uh, listen to podcasts. But we play, like, me and Daniel are, are never about burning bridges, and we want to, uh, you know, for business-wise. It's, well, it's, he's not. I burn a few. <laughs> I'm more of a emotional bridge burner, and then he tells me bridges and i put out the fires <laughs> but but it is interesting what we found now as you know in 2022 there is just so much content that now it's hard because it's, it's hard. like n navigating a world where everybody's attention is being uh taken by their phone by social media by tiktok videos by instagram videos yeah, by, by reels, 10 everything. million podcasts every single celebrity has a podcast i didn't foresee people doing podcasts for no financial reasons like uh, you know celebrities are doing podcast content and they're not for no payment yeah. or anything like i thought bored vanity yeah. project <clears throat> Yep. So it's like now navigating a new world where there's infinity content yeah. out there. It's it, now it's like uh, it's about keeping and curating our own listener base and and just keeping that as strong as possible. And it's like uh, it's it is different. And people that uh, we have plenty of old radio friends that have left radio or been fired and started their own podcast. And they've they've been like, well, it seems a lot easier for you guys. And I'm like, well, doing it, it now, time. doing it now is different than 10 years ago.
ago it is. because you there's a, just a lot more. Like even ten years ago, or when we started the podcast in '09, they were people were like Pod Nest. What is that? Yeah. They didn't even know what it was. <laughs> yeah, people didn't know what it was, and now you know now that we've been doing it for 12, 13 years, you know there are people that I know that are famous that are starting podcasts now. You know, well, radio famous, I'll say, and I feel for them because it's really, really hard to. It get. is, and they don't realize how much work it is. It's a lot of work, especially if you don't have a staff of producers helping you. And it's we hard. wear so many hats. You know, we do have a producer, Samantha, and she's awesome. We do have a social media guy. We have a merch guy. Um, that's really about it. Whereas about normal days, we run. Um, we're pushing what five to seven shows out of here a week and we are, we're a three-person team and we're broadcasting in upwards to 25 to 40 hours a week yeah I do and, and you guys diversify you you were talking about a corporate time which is the clean version of your show which is on radio right you also do soccer and you also well, do soccer. the soccer oh sorry I'll, I'll let you finish sorry. and then I, I could be wrong about this but also you have the gentleman's guide to manliness which sounds awesome <laughs> what's that all about? Yeah, that, that was good yeah we did that for a while the soccer show it's funny we did that show to kind of sub like uh subsidized Daniel's salary for a little while with the local soccer team while I was waiting out my contract yeah, we have an uh, MLS Guys, the Orlando, yeah. Orlando City Lions, so, and we actually, man, we would write commercials for them, and we do oh, advertising wow. campaigns. We help launch the 2015 bid of MLS yeah. here in Orlando. It, we would do whatever yeah, yeah, it took yeah, yeah, yeah. to get money, whatever it took to get the podcast moving, we would do it. Yeah. Can you do kind of like uh, merchandise or just sort of like exchanges where, since you guys are a lifestyle and a culture, that if you guys like it, then people who like you will like it? I think so, yeah. Most of our listeners are like us. Yeah, and that's what we've realized since our content is not about any particular topic. Uh, we do like talk about general uh, pop culture and stuff going on in society, but most of the time, like you mentioned the documentary, uh, we talk about our own personal lives and yeah. we are we talk about open. Our lives. Like we tell embarrassing. That's what was refreshing about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, we tell honest stuff about raising our kids and we're also very blue, but. It, it's funny because we we have this reputation. Our listeners have this reputation as like party animals and stuff. Like <clears throat> I'm married to the like I've never had any other girlfriend besides my wife. Like I'll tell them that I I, <laughs> I, I, met, I met my wife in high school and I've you know I've been married to her yeah. uh, ever since. And then it's like uh, and we, my you know, wife is the biggest nerd 4.0. You know <laughs> doesn't drink, doesn't do nothing, never yeah, yeah. tried drugs in her life. Boy. Keeps you in the guardrails, man. That's good. You're you're yeah. I mean. But, yeah, he yeah. Uh, he. It's but, it's. But it, because of our because of our jokes and our uh you know our blue comedy people like oh these guys are uh you know uh, uh, they're crazy wild uh, well, party we, animals. But <laughs> we overshare about things that I think a lot of people can identify with. Like I I would say that Tom overshares about. Uh, certain aspects of his life and his relationship with his wife that no one would ever talk about, about, like, uh, let's say your lack of emotion or your wife wanting you to be oh, more yeah. of a certain thing. And me, I overshare about my anxiety. And I'm overly emotional, right? And I'm yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like the girl of the relationship with my <laughs> wife, and my wife's a lot more like Tom. And it's we overshare these things, and most of the time we find out that our listeners are either a Tom or a Dan or a combo. Oh, they love it. That's very endearing. That's what but made they, Howard Stern so famous, I think. He the vulnerability. Was so, yeah, yeah, he was very, I mean, regardless of how brazen he was, he, he would share about his medical stuff and all kinds of things, and I think people connected to that. And I also think that since men maybe 
with their friendship, with their male friendships, have a hard time opening up about some of the stuff that matters the most. You know, you guys talking about it opens that door to where, okay, yeah, no, it's it's super fine to admit that, you know, you're, you're a little bit weirded out by spiders or whatever that is that would make you, you know, not so he-man, you know, but you guys yeah, well, make I it okay. Flying that I, we used yeah. to talk oh, yeah, about yeah. all the time. It's, it's all, you know, I, I don't like well, flying. I had a bad experience. And yeah, we talk about that. But then I get a, an onslaught of emails from people that have the same fear. And I think we do that a lot. It's and what's, in, what's interesting is that we've found like, just like society and social media is uh, fractured off. Like we've got now these subgroups of our listeners, you know, like we call them BDMs. But uh, the, the, the subgroups now, we have an anxiety group. Uh, we've got a parenting group. We have a we, gardening, gambling. We, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> outdoors. And there's all these, like, we're... With our, hundreds of people in each group. Our listeners have all, like, found like-minded things. And then, yep. we're, we're, like, as a whole, they all listen to the show, but they're all into these small little I mean, genres. crazy things. Swingers, board games, uh, you <laughs> yeah, know, yeah, playing yeah. cards. A, I mean, it's so just... Wait, it's uh, all- so where are these chat rooms? Is it when, you, when you're on Twitch? And like, how does it work? So you're on Twitch, you have an app, you know, folks can chat with one another. Facebook, like yeah, Facebook, Facebook we, mostly. We 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 started a uh, a members only uh, BDM group, uh, Facebook group years ago, and it was kind of on the fly. Like, hey, we should put all our like, uh, if you're a paying member, because oh, it was so that, casual. That was our first uh, business was because be, when we were under contract, we couldn't get any advertisers because they'll definitely, as you guys know, if you mess with their money and their oh, advertisers, all oh, they'll man. they mm-hmm. will sue you out oh. of. Existence. They will get you good. <laughs> we we also know that they have a, a infinite amount of money and lawyers yeah. that we they will never have a chance. But so we stayed away from advertisers, but we started a subscription service where you get an extra show and you become like a member of. Uh, it was two ninety five a month, and uh, actually we built it while we were working for the the radio station, and we just held on to it. And yeah. when when Daniel left. He, we pulled the, the 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 trigger and then we were like, hey, you want to support Daniel? Now he left. Like, subscribe to our show. Yeah, and, and that we- was the single greatest thing we ever did was that we put one tweet out there saying, hey, if you were looking for Dan. Well, you, you can help him by supporting this uh, this new subscriber base. It's an extra show. You get an extra show. And you we get made be, it cheap. Yeah, you get two ninety five. You get to part of a community. And then we rolled in older shows. We, mm. Yeah. And, and then so uh, we started a Facebook group with just those members. And then throughout the years, we realized, like, the, those members. And then we started the smaller g- groups of the interest. You know, well, like, they'd write us and say, like, hey, you know, I think I got, like, 50 or 60 guys that want to start, like, a Mitsubishi. Mitsubishi Eclipse Group. <laughs> okay. Start a Mitsubishi Eclipse I'll Group. I'll tell you what, it's mind-blowing how <laughs> devoted your fans are. I mean, there are guys out there with Tom and Dan tattoos. Oh, yeah. It's unbelievable. And, and that's where we realized, like, we're all the... And we tell our listeners all the time, like... Um, and that's what uh, dumbfounds us about, uh, like, uh, mainstream, big corporate media, is that they... Like, I remember some head, uh, like, you know, general manager one time, um, uh, she was talking about, like, uh, the, the you know, the people that text in the texting service or the callers or whatever, the emails you get, that's only a small percentage yeah. of your audience. You got this 
this huge that's audience. That's less than 1%. Yeah, that's less than 1%. You got this huge audience. But I was always like, yeah, but those are the people that care. Those are the people yeah. that care mm-hmm. enough to email you, mm-hmm. to use yeah. your sponsors. They're using their thumbs to like, talk to you. What's wrong with you? Like, mm-hmm. those people are worth 100 listeners who don't use, like, you don't call in or participate. You know what right. I'm saying? Like, Good point. So we... We realized a long time ago, like the people that are paying ten ninety or two ninety five a month, those are the only listeners that matter because right. those are the people that are buying or, or you know using our sponsors. They're here and buying our shirts and going to the events. So we just started catering straight to them and telling them like, hey, you guys are our boss. We yeah. don't work for a company anymore, so we'll listen to you. So tell us what you want and we'll do it. And like every one of you guys uh, matter, you know, like even even though it's only thousands of you, like you guys are our business and, and that's and Fritz, what Fritz and Louise you guys will uh, like this because uh, he started doing something I'm going to pay him a massive compliment he started doing something that would make both of our fathers super duper proud he just went back to old school tried and true really good honest sales techniques and he just said we have to have a, a level of accountability for any time we sell when we did started started selling commercials we would do you know ways for our clients to let us know that one of our listeners came to the door something as simple as like leaving a Tom and Dan, a box of Tom and Dan koozies at like, let's say a store. And then that way that we told our listeners, Hey, go get a koozie. Yeah, get and, and then they, they would support it. They're like, I'll go get a koozie. And then the, the advertiser, the, the store would be like, man, we had a uh, hundred people this month I mean, coming this to get a koozie. I mean, the same stuff my dad did in yeah. like the 50s, 60s, and 70s yeah. to sell yeah. stuff. I mean, this is not rocket and, science. Yeah. It's just accountability it's and, face and, to and face. doing a good job. It's face to face. And it's also, it kind of like measures sort of uh, how how we brand ourselves in kind of a way. So when we were kids growing up, you'd start to identify yourself around the music that you liked. And then you'd put the posters on your wall. And that was kind of your way of saying, I'm this person. I like Tom Petty. And there he is. And that's ownership. And so you kind of offer that. And not only do you offer that, that club membership of, of self-identity, that I feel like I'm a member of this community, but also you you give you're you're making the best use of technology by allowing people to connect with each other and i'm wondering what kind of stories you hear about people coming up and say hey you know we met through you guys and tell us some of those stories Oh, we've got people. Uh, they met at our we because we used to do Tom and Dan cruises, yeah. and well, um, we have tons of people married. Oh yeah, we tons have tons of people married. We've had tons of people um, like get engaged on our cruises. I mean, uh, more- at events like we bring up up on stage, and like they met at a Tom and Dan event. We can't even got, count them. Got married, uh. and then now come to events like we're doing a big uh, free beer fest and uh, and sofa races uh, coming up in uh, next weekend. <laughs> sofa and, races. Yeah, oh, yeah, man, yeah, they're the, local. The Tell me how that works. Oh, the Sanford, Florida sofa races are the greatest redneck <laughs> hillbilly. I mean, oh my god! Is, man, yeah. we should just fly you guys here. Oh, for sure. Yes. Oh, for sure. Y'all, you would love it, but yeah, but uh, yeah, they show up with the kids they have, and they met at an event uh, yep. that we've been doing this a while, and now they have kids, and then they're so it's like. Uh, you know, it, it, we really are lucky that uh, the community of listeners that we have are so good. Are. And, and but like we we've talked about this before, they're like us because all we talk about is our own lives. So it makes sense that they're like minded. So it makes sense that we like our listeners because mm. they're us. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I, I Tom, I, I got to talk about. You're a self described adrenaline junkie, and I mean as drunky the bear. And otherwise, you have done some jackass level stunts. 
Oh yeah. yeah. And I mean, I it's a you. I think you said in the documentary you've had fifteen concussions or something like that. Talk oh, about yeah. some, talk about some of the most hilarious stunts or dangerous stunts you've ever done. And these are all at your live events, like at the Hard Rock or wherever, right? Yeah, oh, I mean, you've had a lot I, of dangerous. I, stunts. I would do uh, like the halftime show at the at the Monster Jam, the Monster Truck Show, and I think the most dangerous one I did was. Uh, I, I told, you know, it, I always laugh about this, too, because I, I'm still confused how, like, they let me do these things because a yeah, massive corporation. Yeah, yeah, like this, like Live Nation owns uh, the Monster Jam, a billion dollar company. And then yeah. iHeart. So big now that they run Monster Jam as a season and they come yeah. through town twice. I was wow. a part time employee and I somehow they trusted me enough. That they, I told them, like, I want to jump over a monster truck on a dirt bike. And like, I barely know how to ride dirt bikes. <laughs> like, He's pretty good. I, but yeah. uh, it's not like I uh, Travis you're not, pro, you're not a pro rider. No, yeah. no, like in in fact, the day I jumped over two monster trucks, I had never even rode a four-stroke dirt bike before. It was always like I had an old rusty two-stroke dirt bike. <laughs> so the first day, I borrowed it from some client, some power sports oh, store. Man, he some, he borrowed they, some like seventeen thousand dollar brand new four-stroke. That they showed up the day of. I, the first time I even practiced riding it was the day I was going to jump the two monster trucks, and oh, I remember. Yeah. The night, like at halftime, came and there's seventy thousand people. I'm in a bear suit and I'm revving up the the four stroke dirt bike, but forgetting, I'm thinking it's a two stroke and like a two stroke, you have to keep revving it to keep it going. The four stroke, I looked down and it was overheating, like uh, the uh, water was coming out of uh, uh, the radiator and stuff. I was like, I was like, oh, this thing is gonna stall. And then I I went for you it. Just went for it. I no practice and I I made it over uh, the two monster monster trucks and if i would have like gravedigger was actually parked on top of the landing ramp and i remember it was like thinking, an elevated yeah kind of a deal i remember thinking if i you know i'm jumping like 50 feet if i go through gravedigger it's just a series of like welded oh, metal it's just it's just, <laughs> it's pipe. It's just oh. steel pipe right or yeah, aluminum yeah. pipe or I'm, something i'm like i'm not i, I could par- like easily die or paralyze myself and and what the He's funny wearing part an old helm that white helmet used to wear that thing was so old it didn't have any concussive properties left in it (laughs) and so and like and then like uh you know all these radio and that's a that's the thing like uh when you know as you guys know back like in we call it 90s radio but it was like the stunt boy aspect that's how he started like my career in radio being an intern and doing the stunt aspect and wearing the bear suit but uh i got to do all these cool things but man like there was a lot of them that uh you know i've got uh separated shoulder like now i'm paying for like uh, my my left shoulder i uh i had to get surgery and now it's like it, it hurt real bad i went to the doctor he's like that's how you are now like, <laughs> like really it'll never like, like you will have to deal with this forever can no, you, guys you are not, you, misaligned yeah, yeah you can hear it on the microphones like oh it's so loud God. now it if he gets it the, the right yeah. way you can hear it, it do you have to funny. sign a waiver like with live nation when uh, you're doing it's it's funny because I would sign something, but if now that I think back of it, like if I would have uh, like paralyzed myself, like it, like 
my wife and my family <laughs> would have sued them. I mean, company, no. I mean, because someone would come in and be like, what, you let this guy jump uh, over yeah. Monster World. Like, he has no training. Yeah. He's, he's never a- ridden a four-stroke <laughs> dirt bike before. <laughs> he's a part-time employee. He doesn't even, not even insured by you. <laughs> like it, yeah. it, it was insane. And it's embarrassing to be, uh, it's embarrassing to not be able to walk, but still be wearing the bear suit <laughs> in the wheelchair. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm glad I went through that experience just for the stories, but uh, I don't think it'll ever be done again. Uh, I don't think they'll ever let no. uh, radio intern do insanely dangerous stunts uh, for billion-dollar corporations again. Yeah. Does your no. wife uh, reject the idea of you know taking your life in your hands every time you do that stuff? I think she liked it, dude. Well. Uh, we were younger. I mean, now uh, I think it's it kind a, of like my hero. I think she got a little like, Ooh, <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, as you guys know, uh, I had a different mentality in my twenties than I do now in my forties. Yeah. So, uh, like, uh, there's no no more of that. Uh, the, you know, the the most dangerous thing I do is probably eat red meat too much or have one too many beers. Yeah. You know, like uh, yeah, alcohol. Yeah, it's, it's uh, no with kids it changes everything. You know. So what is what is the the future? future potential for new models of programming and advertising and uh, revenue streams when you can have these 360 relationships with everybody? It, that's We're trying a, to figure that out. Yeah, that's a good question because I, I do think that there's some standard for a lot of companies that they should, they should have a uh, subscription model. Um, I think that's very important. Some way to subscribe. We changed ours to a sliding scale a while back. We and, call we call it a love meter. So now yeah. you can uh, you can subscribe for a dollar ninety five or ten ninety five. Yeah, there's sort of a weird honor system in there. Uh, in that, if you really like the show, we you know we're not really giving you anymore. We're just asking you to use your own honor system in your heart to. Maybe give us a little more because you use us a lot. And everybody's financial situation is different. Correct. So some people pay ten ninety five, some people pay one ninety five, but the mean rose yeah. by double. Yeah. So so there's uh, there's a benefit in having a sliding scale subscription system. We I at least tell people it's that. Kind of empowering and, to the audience too. That's kind of cool. It means you trust the audience and you're appealing to their good nature. It's scary too, though, Fritz, because what we you know when when we went. When we added the 1095 and all the other subsequent you know, subsequent uh, uh, you know additions that people could check, also we added the 195. So we could have people that were yeah. quite possibly paying 295 go down a tier. Oh, and everybody had, could have. We had a couple people do that, but to be quite honest, just because going on what Tom was saying earlier, you know, with the listeners being us. I, I think we bet correct, and we kind of knew that they wouldn't do that, that, that they'd probably opt in to pay more. And then there's the marketing of it, which right. is traditional commercials. Uh, we lu- we lucked out in the fact, we talked to a lot of other national podcasts out there that have more listeners than us, but they're so spread apart, like, like yeah. they're spread across the entire country, that there's no real one pocket. Like, we were lucky in the fact that, we since we did terrestrial radio in this, in Orlando, yeah. in this market for we're so Southeast long. Southeast guys. That uh, the majority I would say 80% of our listeners are in Florida and then in Central Florida. So we're able to have a lot of local advertising. So essentially, we're running our business like a local radio station where, uh, you know, 90% of our advertisers are local. So that is a benefit, like, as uh, compared to other people that have a national audience and they can only do national advertisers. And we can act really, really fast because, you know, it doesn't take long for us to cut a commercial put you on the air and you can see results like same day what you guys have done really is a great template for 
people that want to grow a podcast. Whereas you, you, you work together in terrestrial radio, you developed your chemistry, you developed a fan base, and so when you switched to podcasting, it wasn't like you're starting from ground zero and nobody knows who you are, and you have to kind of carve your audience out of the small podcasting universe. You probably drew your terrestrial radio fans over to podcasting who might not otherwise have come to podcasting. So the way you did it was brilliant. I mean, it really was. Not everybody's going to have the benefit of being able to be on a terrestrial radio for four or five years to figure out what they're doing. Yeah, we hear but, that. When we win awards, other podcasts say that. Yeah, but now, but I will, I, I do tell the podcast, like, you can build your audience. And I, I try to tell them, like, nowadays, you got to go for something more specific. Like, we kind of have an uh, old school, uh, like, talk radio show yeah. where it's just guys messing around, you know, talking it's about It's a little too broad, e right? Everything. Like, uh, now it seems like you got to pick uh, maybe a specific subject and get into there yeah. and get into that community. Like but hamsters. If you did a hamster <laughs> podcast, nobody's doing that. But right. I, right. I, I do tell other smaller podcasts, I'm like, man, like, okay, bars. Like, if a local bar restaurant, I'm like, if you have, I, I tell this all the time, like, if you have a couple hundred listeners only to your podcast, you can make money off of that. Yeah. Because if can you get 20 people in a bar? Yeah, if 20 people will, will meet you for be or a bar like the the that bar paid the radio station uh two thousand dollars to get the same result and if they pay you five hundred dollars exactly exactly you know, and then and it's just about the grind i'm like well you know maybe you're not making uh you know three hundred thousand dollars a year but can you make 60 grand a year yeah i, I and think be you your can, own boss and set your own schedule and I, I i am convinced you can make 60 grand a year off a thousand listeners yeah. off your podcast is it, it, it does help if they're local but if you get a local thousand listeners which is not that. which is not like totally insane right i think it's mm -hmm. achievable totally doable, yeah. and uh and you can make a good living just off that and uh and it really um it, you know you it's not like the numbers in the past where you need thousands and tens of thousands yeah. it's like well, and then it turns can, out can you get eight uh, eight hundred yeah know? but also those numbers are fake remember if you're you yeah, know, yeah, yeah, if yeah. You, right you I, 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 I should know the answer to this question wheezy but i don't are there companies that you could hire to shop your podcast to retail people in your area. I mean, like, you know, they used to have media media companies that would do that for a television station. Do they have that for podcasting? You know, I'm sure they do. I mean, I, I you know, earlier on, we got hit up by everybody. Well, they're, what they do have is, pod, like you guys know, is like the podcast network yeah. uh, business has exploded because a lot of people, though, we, we're also lucky in the fact that I really enjoy the business aspect and then Daniel could give uh, two shits about the business. I, I don't like it. And he likes the engineering aspect and then uh, the sound and uh, like making the show look Cameras good. Cameras and, and that stuff. And yeah. so that helps that we both stay in our lanes and, and work together. But uh, the, the podcast networks uh, basically they promise like, hey, join our network and then we'll give you commercials instead of going yeah. out and get your own. But the problem is they undercut, like they'll give you a smaller percentage of the cut. They'll and do then, like CPM model. Yeah, right, and then right, it's right. like, they're paying you, you know, like seven dollars per thousand download, and for a real small podcast, you're like, well, like you're giving me seven dollars, yeah. I only have a thousand. And I don't listeners. think that's fair. If I could talk about the seven dollars for a second, it's not <laughs> fair. If you're a new podcaster and you're really excited about this, and certainly younger than we are, and you're not as bitter as we are, and you're just starting out, 
I mean, imagine how discouraging it would be if you really did have a good show. Let's say you did have a thousand listeners locally, and you didn't know you could live off of that, but you're getting these these bigger companies coming to you and saying, "Yeah, yeah I'll give you seven bucks." That'd be so discouraging, and yeah. it would like it would kill you. But, you wouldn't want to ever do it. But like a local air conditioning company or a local plumber or whatever, those thousand people that you have, if they oh like buy God. a new AC or like yeah, that, five ACs, that and re- that guy's locked in for life. <laughs> that Seriously. represents like uh, the tens of thousands of dollars of business and so you do have a uh like you know advertising revenue potential greater than a lot of people realize yeah. uh especially with the podcast because your listeners are so engaged like that thousand listeners that you have on your podcast is probably equivalent to uh, you know 20,000 radio listeners yeah. if, if they're passive that's very interesting yeah, yeah. yeah it, like podcasting to us is like concentrate yeah right. you know it's yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah. You know, everybody's a little more plugged in. And let's think about that from right. design. You know, like you have to go to the phone, you have to find the podcast. You got to, you know, oh, there it is. I got to subscribe. I got to hit play. You listen to the whole thing. It's not, you're not in and out of your it's, car like radio is very passive and yeah. podcasts mm-hmm. are very, like you push pause and you come back to it. Right. Yeah. It's very, it's very purposeful. And if, yeah. especially if you're, if you're in, you know, you want to know, like, oh, I didn't miss any of this because they're going to refer back to it, and I'm going to have to say, oh, I don't know what they're talking about because I didn't finish that episode. You want to stay, you want to keep up, you know. And so, do you guys talk about local color, local news, or anything that's going on regionally? No. Well, well, we we do now more than we used to because what we saw happening was like. You know, there was a time where we were like top 15 podcasts in the country. Like we were uh, we were hitting like uh, iTunes, uh, you know, number. I I think we hit 11, 11 one time in like a uh, comedy podcast category, which is huge. We're like, we're the Rogan stuff. I mean, to like do that now, you'd have to be like, oh, you have to. uh, We'll never even get close to Dave Chappelle to get 11. (laughs) But um, so so there was a time where uh, we were getting these huge downloads, but that was that was when there was less competition or less uh, podcasts out there um and then so and so now it's definitely changed where uh you know we saw that okay we're not going to be uh as popular nationwide with so many people doing this so we're gonna like it's kind of like reverting back to all right what what do we have that they don't well we could talk about local orlando that uh you know right um, uh, mark maron's not talking about so but our listeners here in orlando will appreciate that it, it's kind of like podcasting is now reverting back to local radio, radio. yes yeah. I was, you took the words right out of my mouth because that's how terrestrial radio is surviving you used to get like tens and twelves and the numbers now you get three or four but if you carve out a solid four that's a huge number for your market and just stay in your lane type thing yeah Yeah. we talk about our lives mostly but yeah if there's something in the city that needs uh, or a client has something yeah we'll talk about it for sure and we do a lot of local events and stuff so we've we've kind of uh gotten a lot more local and we realize that that's our strength and the fact that uh you know why try to be as broad as possible when we need to just keep our listeners that are here engaged it's like growing from the growing from local out Mm -hmm. is what you hope to do instead of what we used to do is just cast the net all over and try to and try to be the biggest thing in the world it's yeah Yeah, you're not going to do that yeah yeah Mm -hmm. well do you find that because you're available on the internet that you've got people from around the world or from across the country who have checked in 
We oh, do. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We've we've got you know you guys know how podcasting is interesting because you can see where in the world they download. Yeah. So you can go like we use Libsyn, uh, like you know whatever. We've we've uh, hit every country I think. Now. Yeah. We we've got um uh, like you know especially like uh, a lot of people uh, like in the service yep. that are like in Germany and uh, South Korea like we. And we, then you get that one weird one sometimes that pops up in Iran and yeah, you're like, you're oh like, my god, <laughs> is that guy dead? Did they kill that guy? You're you, like, you, I you represent freedom to those people over there. I, I guess. I'm like, yeah. where, who is that? Like, I hope he didn't get killed for listening to us. <laughs> we've, had, we've had like Australian listeners find our yep. podcast and like all over the country. we got a lot of British listeners. Tons of British listeners. Uh, especially because they come, uh, they vacation in Orlando and yep. they, they found us and they started listening to us. So like we've been thinking about going to We have a lot England. of Texas because Texas yeah. is cowboy Florida. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. And so funny. it's interesting being able to see where, uh, you know, your downloads are coming from. Something that like terrestrial radio never was able to give you. Like yeah. you could you could see exactly. All right. Uh, this is a true download right. from uh, Albany or <laughs> whatever. Yeah. You know, it's like you see exactly like this person is downloading, uh, yeah. you know, from this guy's downtown Atlanta. It's like, yeah, what? Yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. That's for, crazy. From Sweden, yeah. you know. Yeah. I mean, you can really use stats to fine tune your business model and to, you know, improve, improve your game. So that's I think that's all so fascinating. And especially since you both have different skills and can complement one another in terms of your, your collaboration. But like, I think what I, you know, we were talking about it earlier, but what I admire most is just kind of like the easy, the easy give and take of your, of your conversation that, you know, you have to be really confident to be comfortable with, you know, someone else weighing in and the back and forth and knowing that you're, he's going to give me my, my, my slot to finish this thought. You know, he just had something he had to say right now and you don't, you never seem aggravated, and I think that's kind of the key to having good chemistry with a, with a co-host. Is and, and 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 drafting on what you just said, I think was very important. I was talking, Fritz. Do you mind? Oh, I thought you were done. No, I'm kidding. You went down that at the was, end of the sentence and you looked away. No, thought, that's funny okay. because I was just complimenting them and their ability to do it, and then I, I was thought you were I, complimenting me, and then I was giving you an example of having no ability myself to allow oh, you to, okay. to jump right. in. Anyway, be that as it may, boys. Uh, <laughs> One of the things that I was really impressed at, you know, we, we, we did a little research on you guys before we were guests on your show and learned that you were sort of out of the morning zoo era of radio. And I've had some horrible experience with the morning zoo guys. They're a festival of snark and sarcasm, and it's always about them having to get the last word and get the joke in. And you can't win under those circumstances. But what I found so refreshing when we were guests on your show was that you were engaged, you were very easy conversation conversationalists and i think that's what i mean you're comfortable in your skin and we can have a conversation about anything and i think that's to your benefit you don't have to be you know hammering people with a sledgehammer every five minutes that well, is such a nice compliment yeah man. we God. appreciate that and you I'm know i play that every morning when i wake up it's funny <laughs> it's funny you mentioned that because the whole like name of our show a mediocre time with tom and dan is a kind of a joke, uh, you know, making fun of terrestrial radio where we came from, where everything was always like, the you're, li best. you're listening to the best radio show in the world. <laughs> number one. Yeah, 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 yeah. And everything <laughs> was the best, and we're the best, and this is number one. Number one in Orlando, whether we are or not. <laughs> and, and then we'd always laugh at that. It'd be like, uh, you know, 
How about just you, being normal? I'm, and I was like, I'm pretty sure Howard Stern is the best. <laughs> like you in a 14th market saying you're the best is yeah. kind of is stupid yeah. <laughs> because uh, you're not the best. Yeah. But uh, we we kind of uh, always laughed at that and like uh, the personality and you guys know the egomaniacs that live in the radio world and even the TV like there's, there's oh, the narcissism you guys and stuff. Have dealt with it and. Yeah, and me and Daniel were never like that. And so we always liked making fun of ourselves and just like having cool conversations and like like being honest. And then we realized a long time ago, as long as we're honest and try not to be someone we're not and people were not, like I make fun of myself so much and Daniel does too. And we, he talks about his we're anxiety. We're so flawed. You know, and, we have yeah. to, yeah, we show I think our- that's what draws your listeners to you. Yeah. You're very real on the air you're who you are there's no facade and i think that's what i was trying to say and you having a conversation with us when we didn't know who you were and you didn't know who we were and you know uh, it's uh, i think that's great it's a great quality well you know well, what else is you know what else is a real compliment to you guys tom and dan is that our producer dina would like to ask you a question that's huge yeah, no, this is the first time we've ever heard her speak. Yeah, we didn't know that she talked. First of all, I just want to say, like, you guys, like, if they made a movie about podcasters, like, you would be, like, the basis. Because it seems like you kind of are hitting the sweet spot by marrying, um, like, the intimacy, the authenticity of podcasting with, like, the fun and whimsy of, like, old school, like, morning radio type of stuff. So I told, I'm, like, writing a screenplay in my mind right now. But um, my question is, so there's this kind of, there has been, I just, this is like on the top of my mind because I just rewatched The Fisher King and there's like the whole like plot is based on like what this guy says on the radio as an influential DJ and then like the reaction of his listeners or one listener in particular. And there is a conversation right now, you know, since like Joe Rogan and everything about like the influence that podcasters have. And I'm just wondering like if that's something that you guys think about, like, you know, kind of a responsibility that you might feel like you have to your audience and like how, you know, how you like might negotiate that. Well, well, the first thing we did during the pandemic is we found every bit of misinformation and we told our listeners to do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, I, I see we're like the bleach. We heard yeah, about yeah. the bleach. The mectin. Give them the mectin. Put the light in your mouth. Um, but no, we uh, no, we we do think about that a lot. But our show, we never really dip into things, and I think you'd agree with this. Yeah, we never yeah. get really get real serious. And we know that with our show, and especially in the state that we're in, that a lot of our listeners are going to be both people. You know, we're going to have the most liberal people that want to listen to us, and we're going to have the most conservative people that want to listen to us. But at the end of the day, everybody just wants us to be us. So yeah, we do think about it, but we don't really dip our toe into much where we have to worry about um, our influence. Yeah, when well, you know that's probably very smart because in the dark world that we're living in, people want to be taken out of their heads. They don't need you reminding them about all the bad stuff in the world. So for an hour or so, or however long you're on, that you're 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 giving them some relief, which is probably smart to stay out of the politics. Well, well there are things no. we won't broadcast. There are things we won't talk about. There are things we won't do. I mean, yeah, even we, our broadcast from 2012 till now has grown up. There yeah. are words we don't use anymore. Mm-hmm. There. Things yeah. that we would never think to do that we probably maybe would have just riffed on it. Yeah, and we talk about how we're learning as you know, and we change, but uh, we do stay away from politics because we realized uh, that's the most toxic thing you could uh, get into. Uh, so we, uh, you know, 
we do not talk about that. We stay away from like any controversial topics for the most part. But it's easy because me and Daniel don't really feel strongly about anything. <laughs> we, what we feel strongly about is doing the right thing and being good people, Just and, being good people, and taking care of our families, and and you know wanting everybody to be happy. And so it's like it's easy for us because we're not hiding any agenda no. or like really it's kind of like we just want to live good lives and uh and make people happy and, yeah. and, and it's like it, it's pretty simple to do that is like you know we, we don't have any like uh hey we have to push this or we want to influence this but i think but, a lot of podcasters to answer a question a little more i think a lot of podcasters uh got get into it try to get into it want to get into it for the same reason you're talking about they want to be that edgy person and i think in a weird way we're watching podcast uh, podcasting and i think you'll agree with this too t is that podcasting is kind of becoming what radio was when we l were leaving it you know mm -hmm. like we're seeing the same patterns kind of come along yeah, oh yeah. we're looking at youtube influencers and tom and i'll laugh and we'll see these guys doing like the old uh, I've got five people and they all have their hand on a car and then the one that stay, keeps his hand on the car the longest he'll get to win the car and I'm like oh my god this is a radio bit from 1976 yeah there's actually apparently there's actually a great documentary about this about like when they actually did this and had well I think that one is actually about like real people who were trying to win that car not like a publicity stunt but um, thanks for reminding me that I gotta look up that documentary but I do think that you guys are a positive influence like overall you know because you're real because you're not afraid to be yourselves and because you're like inspiring your audience that you know they can be um they can be authentic and and happy that way and they don't have to like meet anybody's standards like well, society standards of like masculinity or anything like that oh that's a great that's a great point i think and i'm sorry i apologize for cutting you off i think social media has taught everybody that it's not okay to be flawed right because every picture is great every vacation is wonderful every you know people on a cruise ship every girl uh has the tiniest waist every guy has abs uh every yeah. but, but at the end of the day we all know that's not true in our hearts but our show is there's nothing like i'm a a little guy i'm a i can be a bad father sometimes i can be a bad husband sometimes i'm a real person i'm flawed i make mistakes yeah you, you bumble and well, do things like we're just real and the comedy is in the flaw it like, really is we we used to like uh when we we were in radio we used to get labeled as pessimists or negative or negative and we're like well there's nothing funny about the, telling a story about a vacation that i went on and i'm like i had a great time everything it was like the the, the what's funny the comedy yeah. is in the tragedy yeah. have you ever <laughs> seen anybody laugh at somebody walking upstairs <laughs> yeah. that is an It'll interesting point happen. that sort of on social media the goal is to to depict uh, perfection, and then the goal in in in, in doing an entertaining radio show is is to be uh, be honest about your flaws. Yeah, yeah I think this kind of comes back to the commercials you were talking about. Our commercials. If we make a flub, if I say fuck in the commercial, if I like I. Yeah. I leave it in because it's real, and that's what oh, people want. We've made mistakes. Uh, uh, I've messed up. The, like the we're trying to promote something, I messed it up. Daniel's laughing at me. I'm like, ah, oh, but it, and we'll just leave it we'll in. Leave it we'll in. leave it in the commercial. We, we did one recently where we got the name of the like the something the product or got the date <laughs> wrong. It was horrible, but. 
we left it in because we realized that that was real, and we also realized that it's a happy accident. More people are going to remember us saying our own client that we're getting paid, saying their name wrong. Now, we did call them and say, hey, we're just going to say your name wrong. But, but you said in the documentary, sometimes the, 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 the business owner seizes that and understands the value in you guys being real, and it, it sells the product even better. No yeah. one's ever said, no one has ever not seen the value in it. I, I would tell you that. Yeah, no one, true. everyone has seen the value in it. No one has ever said, change that commercial, that's wrong, or you shouldn't have flubbed. No one, and I don't think they ever will yeah. because they know in our hearts we want to do it's all in our intent and tom says that a lot we want to do a good job for you and you know we do and we realized no one cares about anything but money as long as it works <laughs> and as long as our listeners uh, buy the, our, our advertisers product or use them uh, that's all they care that's about our job. yeah yeah and so as long as it works now if it doesn't work we're screwed yeah uh, <laughs> All right. Well, I would love to thank you so much for, for joining us. This has been just a really extraordinarily fascinating conversation because you guys are really, you are groundbreaking. Uh, you I know, appreciate that. Pulling, pulling radio in, into the podcast space and kind of inspiring everyone who... You're we really you good at what all. you do. You're yeah. really good at what you do, guys. Well, yeah. thank you. You, you guys way- are great at what you do because we've done interviews for other shows that, uh, and uh, you guys know this. It's we used to laugh at that good uh, terrestrial radio where the hosts would have no clue, like zero prep work. <laughs> like they wouldn't even barely know the guest name. They get it wrong. Then, like the person would come in, and then it would be the generic questions, like "Thank you very yeah. much for uh, you know." I mean, you you didn't have to go so watch our documentary. So what can people expect with a Louise and Fritz podcast? <laughs> <laughs> That's, you know, so, Oh my it's, God. Been, it's been a pleasure talking to you guys. Awesome. Well, here come our closing credits, and I, I just we're going to put all the fun stuff in the show notes of how to find you on Twitch and on Facebook and and all all of well, your different you platforms. So thank you so much for joining us. We would love to continue this conversation with you on Instagram and Twitter, where we are at Media Path Pod, and on Facebook, where our show page is Media Path Podcast, and our Facebook group is Media Path with Fritz and Wheezy Podcast Community. You can find full video podcast episodes loaded with bonus visual content on our YouTube channel, Media Path Podcast. You can write to us at mediapathpodcast at gmail.com. If you enjoy this show, please give us a nice rating in Apple Podcasts and talk about us nicely on social media, if you wouldn't mind. Uh, you can sign up for our fun and dishy newsletter. We don't really spam you. Just uh, the once a week, you can read it. It's okay. It's, you know, the political ads are going to stop this week, so you go ahead and sign up. <laughs> we want to thank our guests, D- Daniel Dennis and Tom Van. Our team includes Dina Friedman, John Maddox, Sharon Bellio, Bill Filipiak, Thomas Hubble, Mason Brown, Garrett Arch, and you. Our theme music is by me and John Maddox. I'm Louise Palanker, here with Fritz Coleman and Tom and Dan, and we will see you along the media path. of us in front of the TV screen with you guys smiling so we can put it on social media.